0: every team, every topic, everywhere this is believe.
1: Hello. This is John Dorsey. How are you doing, buddy boy? Don't be scared. <laughs>
0: What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and a bunch of our good buddies from the Draft Network. We have not only John and Trevor from the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, but Trevor, no, but Connor, Connor, I just did. You see that was that was kind of weird, right? It's kind of like we always associate Trevor. Connor together for some reason, cause they're great hair or whatnot. Yeah, probably I, the hair, I <laughs> just, be the uh, hair. I just lumped them together. And I, I don't think we're going to edit it. I think we're just going to go with this. I like So it. Uh, I got to welcome Kyle to the show first or he'll get mad and then we'll, we'll, we'll let everyone else talk. That's true. Kyle, what's up?
2: Yeah. Um, hi, Joe. I suppose you're going to talk about Connor and Trevor's great hair. <laughs> make no acknowledgement of my waft at all. So <laughs> what you word. are on my S list good friend let's greet our hosts
0: what's up connor first time here on the super show so
3: glad to have you with us
1: well i appreciate it boys thanks for having me it's uh it's good to be with the crew good to be with the draft network crew
2: yeah.
3: Yeah. don't mess it up
1: i'm completely <laughs> really say. really nervous about. no my
0: pressure business. at all it's usually perfect
1: yeah yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not. So we, we are going to do a mock draft here. We're going to work through the first 10 picks of the NFL draft as the order exists today. So don't get mad at us for where the teams are slot. This is where they slot. Okay, so be mad at your team for the record that they have. Um, And so we've we're all going to take two teams each. So we have ten picks, five people. I'm not a math guy, but that means two picks each. And so we're going to kind of navigate through this thing. And the the order is is been predetermined, but it's somewhat random. So it's not the same uh, five and then the same next five. So uh, we've got some specific people making specific picks. And uh, we're going to get things started here with the Arizona Cardinals picking number one overall. Trevor Sikama, the
3: GM. All right. Everybody's fired. That's what I'm doing as GM. (laughs) Pretty Um, good first move. I know that this is going to be hard for some people to believe, but the Arizona Cardinals are are bad. I know. Mm -hmm. I'll let you take a moment, really let that sink in. What? They're bad. Um, The good thing is, is that the one area they're not bad really is quarterback. So normally you'd see quarterbacks go number one overall in most modern day drafts, but Cardinals have Josh Rosen. So they're doing pretty good there. They Amen. would love to get Josh Rosen receiver help, but that's not going to happen in this particular draft. Coward, um, especially not number one overall. Yeah. I'm going to be a coward and, uh, uh, and pass over Nick Bosa. Just kidding. No, I'm not uh, the Cardinals. Basically there's only one pick to make. I think um, even though they're kind of right around where the middle of the league is in terms of sack total, the D defensive line is still kind of, um, very confusing there. Um, especially the front seven in general, uh, what they're doing behind that with the linebackers and and Nick Bosa is a guy who who can have a lot of success on the edge, on the inside. He's just a monster. And so I really, unless it was a team in dire need of a quarterback picking number one, it's hard for me to think that Nick Bosa would not be going number one overall. So he's certainly worth it. So Cardinals taking Nick Bosa. I have a follow-up question here for John,
0: uh, Kyle and I spoke at length about the draft odds that came out the opening odds for who the number 1 overall pick will be and as you know the the favorite right now is Ed Oliver from Houston what are your thoughts? What's your instant reaction to that, John? Is that a little bit rich? Or are we overlooking something? Or uh, you you think that's good money? Super rich. No way. No chance.
4: I don't think there's any way Ed Oliver's the first overall pick. I'll be shocked. Uh, the playing weight, the sides in general, the NFL's let go of some of that stigma, but not enough to go first overall. The value on quarterbacks and Nick Bosa just existing in general in this class, you know, it's mm-hmm. just it's going to make it
0: impossible. He'll go high, I think, but first overall, no way. All right, so we are up with number two, the New York Jets. We have Connor Rogers on the podcast primarily for this reason right here so who are we picking here no pressure connor they already messed up quarterback last year what
1: Oh god yeah Yeah, well i mean when you look at it with the jets they're kind of like the cardinals here where obviously they're not taking a quarterback they're happy with sam darnold i'm like you guys i like josh rosen better but we don't have to talk about that on this pod (laughs) this would be a really tough selection because in an ideal world the jets need edge pass rush help nick bose is gone there are other guys that I like in this class. Cleveland Farrell, obviously Trevor wrote about Shaqai Polite this week. It, there's, a, there's a lot of good edge pass rushers in this group. I'm not going to go that route at two. It's very hard to pass Ed Oliver here, who would probably be my second-ranked overall player. But I'm going to go with Jonah Williams and get the Jets a franchise left Ooh. tackle. Calvin Beecham has really struggled this year. I, I don't think Jonah Williams will be a top two, three, or maybe even four player on the board overall in this spot. But the need is so specific for the Jets. You have to get Darnold, the franchise tackle. They've been happy with Brandon Shell on the right side. The left side is a bit of a mess. They have a lot of money to go out and spend on pass rushers in free agency where maybe they can bulk up there. So you go out and you get Jonah Williams and hopefully solve some of this offensive line that's been a train wreck into 2018.
0: Protection for Sam Darnold here for the Jets. I have a follow-up question here. I want to give to Trevor. Jonah Williams, number two overall
3: at this point, is that too high? I mean, I don't think so. I, I'm, we've we've talked to some people outside of of our group at TDN, and, and you know, we're hearing, oh, maybe the NFL thinks Jonah Williams is a tackle or a you know, moving certain positions or like, or sorry, a guard. And I just don't get it. I mean, this guy's been playing tackle for one of the best if not the best college football program over the last couple of years and he's been solid he's gone up against some serious competition because alabama plays one in the sec but then two in the playoff every year and so jonah williams has had plenty of, of of tests to go up against And i feel like he's he's been he's been up to all of them so i don't really get the the switching to guard talk i think that i think that if you need a tackle you got to take jonah williams yeah, I, am. I'm making the pick for the Texans here and a couple here
0: and we are heartbroken. Let me tell you, we, we were targeting Jota Williams to get some, something, uh, that, uh, block for Deshaun Watson. And, uh, we're not going to have that opportunity here. So, uh, who is on the clock right now is Kyle Krebs. He's picking for the San Francisco 49ers here at number three, a team that we probably didn't think was going to be picking this high going into the season. Kyle, what's the plan here?
2: Well, John, there you go. Hot take. Fire that baby off, man. Um, 49ers. This has fallen exactly how the board fell for the draft that I did for the draft network on Monday. So I'm very pleased to announce the San Francisco 49ers are going to draft cornerback Greedy Williams from LSU. Number three. And here's the deal. Listen, Richard Sherman coming off Achilles tear. He's on the wrong side of 30. He's played well this year, which is stunning. That like Achilles are the new ACLs that guys can bounce back mm. in like eight to 10 months and play and play at a, a fairly high level. The San Francisco quarterback room is Sherman, Jimmy Ward, Akella Witherspoon, Greg Mabin, Tavares Moore, and Quan Williams. Okay, so if you get Greedy Williams. Has the opportunity, I know they invested a third-round pick in Akella Witherspoon in 2017, but you don't let the investment of a third-round pick, this is something I hear a lot of fans make, I don't want to say the mistake of, but they, they box themselves in with their mentality because they say, oh, well, we used a third, second or third-round pick on a player two years ago. Okay, well, this is an elite football player in his position, relatively speaking. This is a yeah. blue-chip prospect. You don't let Akella Witherspoon hold you back from selecting greedy Williams and really helping to bring along this defensive secondary. Now they need pass rush on the outside. They've got Solly Thomas, who hasn't come along how they would have hoped they took him in the top five. DeForest Buckner's developed into a beast. Eric Armstead had some positive reps on the inside before they transitioned to this four man front. So 49ers fans, I hear you. I understand you guys need Ed rush. And I would just say, The draft is seven rounds long. It's not one round long. So if you're picking 35th overall at the top of the second round, there's a lot of, as Connor said, there's a lot of really good pass rushers that should be available that they're going to push some of these down. What's the starting corner that you're going to get at the start of the second round? So that that opportunity cost for me is too much to pass up on, and Greedy Williams also addresses a need.
3: Can we, can we fact check Kyle right there on the draft being actually seven rounds long (laughs) last I checked. Okay.
0: Uh, Connor, I want to kick it back to you here for some commentary on this pick greedy Williams to the 49ers. You know, when we're talking about cornerbacks taking this high in the draft, we're talking Patrick Peterson type prospects. Are you seeing that caliber of a player in greedy Williams? And are you surprised that's the direction Kyle went uh, given some of the needs that, that the 49ers have?
1: But no, I don't think he's on the level of a PP. I don't think he's on the level of Jalen Ramsey. I don't even think he'll grade out similarly to Denzel Ward, who was fantastic last year. But at the end of the day, this doesn't make that a bad pick. This is a good pick. This is just probably a weaker corner class, and Greedy is by far the best of the bunch. So I like the pick. I think it's a good fit. I think the debate here would have been either him or Cleveland Farrell for me, which is really neck and neck. So – It's a really good pick. It's just you have to know the player. And like Kyle said, this is a great fit. It's a team need. Maybe they can go out and pay pass rushers. Maybe they can go out in the second round and land one of the guys that falls. So I like the pick. I think people just need to realize we don't get Jalen Ramsey's every year. We don't get Patrick Peterson's every year. I don't think Greedy will grade out the same as those guys.
0: All right. I am up now with the Houston Texans at number four overall. And uh, both the players I was targeting for this pick are not available. So we kind of have to go off script and pick a player that I didn't anticipate being available at this point. And we're going to stay with the Houston product here. The man that's loyal to the soil. And we're going to pick Ed Oliver for the Houston Texans would have loved to get an offensive lineman for this team. But the only one, I'm considering in the top five is Jonah Williams. And uh, you think about Oliver fitting into this defense. We'll see what happens with the coaching staff, but they're pretty multiple up front. And so you have a, what I think is a blue chip talent, in Oliver that has a kind of a rare blend of power, burst flexibility, hand technique His motors relentless. You know, we're going to have to find out what his weight truly is to, to kind of figure out where he truly fits best in the NFL. But uh, the idea of putting him in here and uh, on this, on this front that tends to be more multiple with the guy of his skill set, I just don't think there's anyone else that I'm going to peg right here. That's going to do more for a team than at Oliver. So I'm very comfortable here. And um, I guess I want to get John's reaction to that i know that you've kind of had some oliver hot takes here and so is this a bad fit in your mind or you make you think there's a lot of sense in what i just did here for the Texans? oh my goodness
4: this defensive line is insane like if they bring back i mean this is crazy clowny watt whitney merciless dj reader and ed oliver they're winning the super bowl <laughs> i mean that's that honestly should probably be illegal so I mean
3: and they and they got and they got qb one on the other side
4: yeah it's obviously it's not a position of need but you know joe in real life we're t- let's be serious i mean you're if jonah williams off the board the way i see this class right now you got to trade out of there probably you move down yeah. an offensive line or corner you know those could be the, that could be the other position they need. but again with greedy it's just very top heavy a tackle and, and and corner right now and so with those guys off the board man move down stockpile some picks build up the depth i don't know that i see a better option than what you did there you kind of in this scenario where we're not doing trades you kind of got to take best player available and yeah. i think you did that
2: now, yeah, real quick, real quick, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Houston has given up 45 QB hits through four weeks. Oh, I wanted geez. to reiterate. Holy cow! That's a that's lot a lot. That's ten th- That's that's ten more than the second worst, which is Philadelphia with 35. Wow! Oh my
0: gosh! Oh, well, I'd like to take that back. We're going to go ahead and get Yadny Kajusti, <laughs> <juice to you. laughs> number four overall. <laughs> Uh, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, John, good point there on the trade. We're not doing trades here. And so you think a player like Justin Herbert, right? Uh, The, who we all probably think is the the QB one right now being available would make you know, potentially number four, very enticing trade spot, but uh, it's early, very, very early. And that's uh, just one of those early storylines that we we'll have to keep in mind, given the amount of quarterbacks that were drafted last year and, and how the needs are going to fall. John, when I made the draft order here, I knew that I had to peg you for the Colts because you've, you've been very outspoken about this roster and I'm going to give you the chance to improve it here. So number five, overall, John Legend. Indianapolis Colts.
4: Yeah, this group is finally being well coached, so it's it's encouraging to see guys like Marcus Hunt just emerging, you know, out of nowhere, and young guys who are raw that are developing here and playing well. And I think overall, you know, you have to be encouraged about the direction of the Colts. I would love to take Deontay Thompson here, but with Malik Hooker already in the fold, it kind of seems Not like— No, do it. Do it! I, greatest safety play, pairing of all time. You can't literally play two single high safeties at the greatest same time, though. It, it defeats of all time. It, it defeats the definition of single high. So, I don't know that I could go that direction as much Whatever. as I love Deontay Johnson.
3: I'd I, I do that in Madden, whatever.
4: <laughs> I mean, I guess you, I mean, you just ball hawk, with, put, put one single high and <laughs> then just ball hawk with the other one. That's what I would do. Uh, but uh, to me, I think the defensive line is the area that still needs addressed. And these guys have played pretty well this season. They've played tough football, but you have some presence on the edge with Jabal Shear and Kamoko Trey, and Marcus Hunt moves around and you're still developing a couple guys out there. But on the inside, you know, I know you got Hunt there situationally, but there's really no truly dominant player. And I think Jeffrey Simmons is a dominant player I think he's a guy that against the run and the pass is really skilled and technical but also has the explosive athletic upside that you want as well so to me Simmons is one of the best players in this class I think he's having an absolutely monster year for Mississippi State and I think he's he's going to be a top 15 pick for sure and it will immediately improve the Colts remember they built up that offensive line with a couple picks last year now it's time to focus on the interior defensive line build up that side of the ball get yourself really really strong in the trenches so I'm giving him Jeffrey Simmons
0: I'm I'm a little surprised you didn't go Raekwon Davis there, John. That was my Simmons initial over reaction. Davis.
4: I got Simmons over Davis. Wow. On board now. Yep. Okay. Times they are so that's
0: changing. wow. They they certainly are. That I was kind of like thinking the whole time this is going to be Raquan Davis. And so uh, if you if people don't know about Jeffrey Simmons, I mean the, he's a special talent. And so yes, he's, a he's a better pass rusher than
4: Raquan Davis is
0: not as long, right. He doesn't kind of have the same physical ability, but yeah, I mean, pass rushing matters. That's, that's a big deal. So uh,
2: I have a, I have a question for John real quick before we flip it over. John, what do you think his off the field incident, you know, it's going to get talked about there was, was a, um, an assault type situation. I don't believe it resulted in any charges, but it was documented on video. Right. And uh, what do you think the perception is going to be? Because the last time we had anything along those lines was Joe Mixon. Right. Joe Mixon was a top 10, top 15 talent that ended right. up getting pushed out of the first round altogether. So I'm curious what you think. that may, Does Jeffrey Simmons's situation, in your opinion, have the potential to create a similar situation in the draft environment?
4: Right. Yeah, it's definitely worth talking about and and it'll need to be vetted closely. You know, here's the situation basically is that before he got to Mississippi State, there was an incident. His sister was in a fight. He basically entered the fight and against which was against another woman. Him, his sister and another woman were fighting. He entered the fight on his sister's side and threw some punches and hit and connected with this woman. So uh, definitely a different situation than Joe Mixon. Still something that I would say for sure, something he definitely should not have done. Clearly different when you consider the context of the situation. Is on video, so there, that will play during the pre-draft process. Uh, you will see that and and you will hear these conversations. Especially, I'm sure he's going to kill the combine and all those kind of things. And, you know, everything at Mississippi state has been, this kid is a terrific person. He's grown up a ton. He's a leader in the program, you know, totally clean off the field since that incident before he got to college. And so everything kind of points to that. He's turned his life around and they haven't had any issues with him at all and everything. And he's learned from his mistakes. And it's been a long time. I think the conversation will happen a lot during the pre-draft process Do I think the NFL will ultimately care when draft day rolls around? Not if he proves himself worthy of of belief in that he's a different person and all those kind of things during the pre-draft process. If he proves that it's been so long since it happened, right or wrong and whatever we might believe about the situation from the outside looking in, I think the NFL is going to overlook it. I don't think it's going to be a big deal to them at the end of the day.
2: All right, so we're going to go ahead and flip this around to the back half of the top 10. I'm going to be your MC, but before we do, we'd like to pause briefly for some sponsor identification. All right, Trevor, you, my friend, are on the clock, and you are drafting for the Detroit Lions, who you would have thought won the Super Bowl after defeating the New England Patriots (laughs) just the other week. They didn't? I thought they didn't. But yet here they are. Picking sixth. So Trevor, some up and down roller coaster emotions for Lions fans in the last couple of weeks. Why don't you help him out with a good pick here?
3: Yeah, the uh the Lions Super Bowl trophy after that week goes right next to Sam Darnold's Hall of Fame bus that he got after week <laughs> one. So oh no. um, oh, shots fired. So, so as uh that one shot at Connor, uh more of more of his fellow Jet fans. Um as the unprecedented general manager of two teams now, the Cardinals and the Lions um, <laughs> must be re- must be really good at what I do. Uh, the Wait, Lions, Riggsen
4: wasn't working for the other teams in the NFL when he was GM.
3: Oh
0: wow! <laughs> wow! <Did that> <laughs> this <laughs> <that> a great
3: <laughs> it, just, it just seemed <laughs> Did like it? I get that this <laughs> one. <wrong? laughs> I was confused. Sorry. Oh man, that was good. Um, but what the Lions themselves are not good at is stopping the run. They're literally giving up. More than a 150 yards on the ground per game. That's nuts. Um, I, I know it's a passing league, but you still gotta stop the run better than that. Their interior defensive line is it's Sylvester Williams and Ashawn Robinson. Um, That's just not good enough. And so whoever I had a feeling that John was going to take an interior defensive lineman with the Colts pick, and I was really going to pick whichever one he left for me here. He ended up picking Jeffrey Simmons, which means Raekwon Davis is the guy for the Detroit Lions. He is a monster in size and one of the best run stuffers in the country. Uh, So he will be an instant upgrade for that Lions front line. How right, do you so give up
4: 160 yards on the ground in the year 2018? I don't know. How's that even put? Nobody even cares about bad. running the football. Teams don't even practice that. it. That's pathetic.
2: That is Joe, I have a follow up question for you on this pick and the Detroit Lions defensive line construction. These guys hate outside pass rushers, don't they?
0: Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah, because Matt Patricia, Patriots. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I probably, I mean, look, I I can't argue with the pick here with Trevor and and Raquan Davis. I probably would have done the same thing. Uh, they need to get more stout at the point of attack, and that's exactly what you get in Raquan Davis as a guy that can really anchor and, and do some multiple things. And you know that in a Matt Patricia defense, he likes to move guys around, and that length is something he'll really covet. You've seen him get a lot out of guys like Trey Flowers with the Patriots, and I think he can do similar things, similar probably more things with Raquan Davis, Cleveland Farrell to me was obviously in play there as well with mm-hmm. the, you know, the uncertainty with, uh, uh yep. with Ziggy Ansah's situation. And they've really not been able to generate much pass rush of late. So either war would have been fine with me.
2: Now I'm going to just go ahead on the record and say, it's very nice to be a fan of an AFC East team. That's not picking in the top 10. Mm. <laughs> as I turn this over to Joe selecting for the Buffalo bills,
4: enjoy it for a couple, couple more weeks. Overall
2: pick. Hey, listen, guy, we got three wins. Hey, it's I'm going to keep be us out of the, the top, top ten, 10 until too, at least so. week twelve. <laughs> Here we are. That's why we're draft guys. Joe, Bills picking seventh. What are you doing,
0: Justin Herbert? Next. No! <laughs> Why? Oh my
3: goodness! I thought he,
1: I thought oh, he was serious too. You can't be,
3: you uh, can be serious, Joe.
1: Over. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be mad at you. I would be mad at you because I want <laughs> him. <Wow>. But
0: nuclear with it. Oh man! Oh, I'm on the ledge, guys. You all know it. We're we're slacking. You know we have our it. slack going. You guys know where my mind's at with the Bills quarterback situation. It's where my mind's bat been At since uh, I, they were announced to have traded up. I you know I've been in the same state of mind since that moment. Uh, but um, realistically, the Bills Bills have committed to Josh Allen. He's their guy. They've bet on their ability to develop him into something he's never been. Um, but we'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> who are the Bills really going to pick here? Who would I pick? Who do I think they should pick? DK Metcalf, wide receiver from Ole Miss. They need weapons, right? Go. I mean. Good God, Kelvin Benjamin is just terrible, and the number two receivers like Zay Jones, Ray Ray McDonald, the Robert Foster. This is not real. Like those are. This is a passing I don't league. I think his name's f- Ray Ray McDonald, but that's how oblivious he is. <laughs> was it McCloud? I always McCloud. Yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't McDonald's. even matter because he's that bad. <laughs> he's the slot receiver. So in a passing league, it's probably important to have some weapons, and the Bills have none. And so DK Macklem. DK Metcalf gives them a dude, right? A bonafide number one type receiver. Uh, He's got size. He's got athleticism. He's got crazy good ball skills. And I think he can win at all levels of the field. And so if you're going to give Josh Allen a real chance here to develop, he's got to have some weapons. And and Metcalf to me is wide receiver one in this class and a guy that um, you, you like it. His upside in really any team, right? He's a universal scheme fit. And for a team like Buffalo, who just has nothing in terms of weapons in the passing game, yeah, Metcalf's a good start to, to build that core up.
2: So Connor, I'm going to turn the follow-up question to you here as somebody else who, who follows the AFC East very closely. Um, is there a better fit in this, a better eligible fit, maybe not necessarily From what Buffalo has on their roster right now, but from the talent that DK Metcalf has with the strengths of Josh Allen as a quarterback, can you think of any weapons in this draft class that would be a more ideal fit for Buffalo?
1: No, I think this was absolutely perfect. I I love Metcalf, and I'm glad to see that his rise is real now. I know all summer it was really talking about his teammate, A.J. Brown. I understand people like Nikhil Harry. I'm a little skeptical of how he's going to run and separate at the next level. And even the same case for Brown. When you look at Metcalf, I mean, if you were taking any player out of this draft to be on your backyard football team, this would be the guy. And Josh Allen plays like a backyard football quarterback. So when you look at Metcalf, he goes up and wins the ball for his quarterbacks. He can make the spectacular catch. He can do the simpler stuff underneath. And importantly, he can create yards after the catch. So, I'm a big fan of this pick. I think this guy can be an absolute star. He's also a really young prospect in this class, still 20 years old. I don't even think he's met his ceiling yet.
2: Okay, so, Connor, you're now on the clock as the GM of the New York Giants. Uh, The Giants passed on a quarterback in the top 10 this past year. Are they going to do it again? Do it (laughs) No,
1: I'm I'm in fact uh, not an idiot like the New York Giants. So I'm not not going to pass on a quarterback here. They had Josh Rosen in their lap last year at number two overall, and who could have been the franchise guy for the next 15 years for them. I don't think Justin Herbert is on the level of Josh Rosen, but I think he's a pretty damn good football player worth developing at this position, at this pick to get a guy that could be your franchise quarterback, eighth overall. It's hard to argue with that. If they feel he's not ready, you can trot out. Eli Manning out there again, I guess, but at the end, at the end of the day, I I think Herbert would be come in, would come in and really give a boost to that offense that has Odell Beckham that has Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram. I think it would be a lot more fun to watch that group than the group with Eli right now.
4: Connor is what's your feelings toward the giants as a jets guy. Are you like, is it, is it like a rivalry? Like you hate them or like indifference or what? How is that? How's that work?
1: a little bit of both. I mean, there's times where it's indifference. I think right now with the franchises, I mean, nobody will admit it, but the Giants are rebuilding almost just as much as the Jets right now. So it's a bit of indifference. When both teams are good, there's definitely a rivalry there because the Jets are always treated like the little brother, Hmm. and and there's some arrogance from the Giants Super Bowls, but when both teams are bad, everybody's into the Yankees. (laughs) So...
2: So John, um, you're now on the clock for the Falcons. Uh I'll take your Jets Giants dynamic as a nice follow-up for Connor to get some extra context for that pick. Uh the Falcons surprising team to be here in the top 10. Uh maybe not necessarily anywhere close to where they were anticipating. So with them picking this high, they have a pretty rare opportunity to add what to what is generally perceived as a very talented roster yeah
4: this would be nuts uh, this would be unfair I would probably sue if this happened because the Falcons are completely loaded and they just happen to have lost Keon O'Neal, Deion Jones, Ricardo Allen and Devontae Freeman all to injury at this current point in time and I don't know if we'll see any of them. I think Freeman's coming back I don't know if the other guys are coming back at all this season so chance Deion Jones might come back so do I think they'll end up picking in the top 10 no but currently 1-3 this is one of those rare opportunities Obviously, if you look at need, there isn't a lot of options, but they would need maybe some guard help, but there's just nothing on the board that interests me at this point in the draft uh, at the position, so I'll move on from there. The rest of the offense looks absolutely loaded to me. Defense, I, I think Tack McKinley's the real deal. I, I think Vic Beasley is borderline bust here, guys. Like I know he led the league in sacks that one year. I and agree. I I loved him, but the reality is the guy doesn't generate 1v1 at all. He is a pure... Bruce Irvin, at his p, at may at best, he's Bruce Irvin, and to me, Bruce Irvin was a bust. I think he's an okay player, but not worth a first round pick. Beasley was a high pick, a top ten pick, if I recall correctly, and I don't know that he's lived up to that expectation whatsoever. So I could go edge here, but on the interior too, it's just Grady Jarrett. I like DeAndre Sanat, but is it going to be him in, in in a bigger role or is he going to be like a situational player? None of the other guys are really uh, that I care for on that roster in terms of uh, playing time or being able to add pass rush. So, I mean, Falcons, you're looking at best player available at this point in the process. And with two safeties already in the fold, uh, I won't consider Deontay Thompson. So my number six overall player, Quinn and Williams, He's coming off the board to the Atlanta Falcons. Also a redshirt sophomore along with Raekwon Davis. I think he even has more upfield penetration type ability, which to me is more valuable than what Davis provides as much as I love Davis. Williams, I mean, if you watch some of the games this year from Alabama, a couple of games stand out, but the Ole Miss game is almost not unable to be believed when you watch it. He wins every single rep in dominant fashion. He's in the backfield the whole game. I mean, not an exaggeration. He's literally just, I mean, he's there every play. It's crazy to watch. He, pad level, burst, explosiveness, his stance even needs some work. And I think he can become even more explosive. To me, I think he's one of the best players in this class. I think he can be an absolute dominant player. So, redshirt sophomore. At Bama guys have gone back before, even though they're guaranteed high draft spots. So you never know. But Quentin Williams, out of all the Bama guys we've talked about over the years that have gone there, he might have the best set of tools to be able to fit perfectly into what the NFL does.
2: Now I want to reach back out to Trevor because we've already acknowledged how great of a GM Trevor is having GM two teams in the top six. Mm -hmm. So Trevor, if you're in John's shoes and you have the rare opportunity as the Falcons as a very talented roster to go grab a player is Quinnen Williams, your plan of attack, or are you strictly looking at the board and addressing the board from a best player available and say, Hey, let's get some elite talent on this team.
3: Yeah, I mean, I Quinn Williams is lead talent, so it's hard to you know it's hard to argue too much with it. But you know, they also if if they're sticking with defense, they have the opportunities to have one of the best safety pairings in the NFL if they went Deontay Thompson with Keanu Neal, and they also have the chance to have one of the best linebacker pairings in the NFL if they went say Mac Wilson and Deion Jones. Like so, it's almost kind of like John said, if the Falcons are picking in the top 10, the rest of the NFC South's in trouble and maybe the NFC in general, because they might have the opportunity to pick a really, really good player here at the end of the top 10, especially on the defense side of the ball. So those are probably the three prospects. If we're really talking about the Falcons being in a best player available situation, um, because Sanat, I mean like Sinat's been playing good. So, you know, if you put him next to Grady Jarrett, they can totally get by with with that front four being what it is. And if they put those other two guys on the table,
2: Falcons are in a fantastic spot. So you guys know who's on the clock now, right? Besides very, and is. I
4: know exactly who you're going to pick.
2: Of course you do. This is Christmas because guys, I don't know if you knew this but pass rushers are hard to come by. <laughs> They're hard to find. I heard that. So when you have one, you'd ideally like to keep them. Yeah. It's not sense. what the Raiders did. So now they need a pass rusher. Well, fortunately, you guys are all fools and let me get one of the infinity stones. <laughs> Cleveland Farrell is still on the board at 10, and I've wet myself in excitement. That is a this is, problem. I never would have guessed that Cleveland Farrell is still on the board at 10. This is an obvious need. For me, this is best player available. I have Cleveland Farrell currently slotted at the fourth spot on my top 75 big board that just dropped over at the draftnetwork.com on Tuesday. Make sure you swing over and check it out. And Cleveland Farrell, uh, length, he's got power. He's not the most explosive as far as his linear explosiveness, he's not the most flexible with his ability to drop the inside shoulder, but he can win in a lot of ways. He wins with initial counters, he wins with speed to power. He's athletic enough that he can get out in wider angles. And he can stress some heavy-footed offensive tackles and then open up the avenues for inside-outside pass rushes. So I really think this is a no-brainer pick, especially when you consider the edge rushers on the Oakland roster right now are Tank Carradine, Bruce Irvin, Arden Key, Fatal Brown, Frosty Rucker, and Shalique Calhoun. What is a Tank Carradine? What is that? Hey. <laughs> Tank Tank was a fun player at Florida State. I know. I didn't didn't San Francisco end up bulking him up like thirty pounds or something like that? That sounds right. Yeah, he yeah, was coming, coming out of Florida up. State at like two sixty. Yeah. So that's what the tank carotene is, Joe or John. Okay. Joe, you're on my mind Say because so. I want to kick this to you. Uh, were there any other players that you would have given consideration to to the Raiders?
0: Well, I mean, Brian Burns comes to mind. It was always going to be pass rusher here. And I I kind of, as the things unfolded, I, I was thinking that it was more and more of a possibility that Farrell could get there. He was my, he was my backup plan. If I couldn't get Metcalf or Williams for the bills at seven. And so I think that kind of opened the door for him to slide. And I know that I don't think Trevor or John are nearly as high as both you and I are on Cleveland Farrell. So never thought of him in play there. So
4: he's 13 for me, but yeah, not as high. I mean, he's
3: 11. He's 11
0: for me. But You guys both have burns higher though. Don't you? I didn't know.
4: I have burns. No, I don't. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, I just, Burns or Farrell seemed to be the direction here. So I I guess what would have been interesting is if they weren't and you couldn't go past rusher, I mean, not that the Raiders don't have plenty of other needs to address, but Deontay Thompson would have been, yeah, yeah, that would have been good. Okay. Well, there you go. That would have been a good pick as well. For sure. That would have been a great pick.
2: And there you go. We'd uh, like to thank anybody who took the time to tune in on a Friday and listen to this top 10 mock with the draft network crew. Uh, I'm going to go around the table, make sure I get everybody a chance to shout out their Twitter handle. So everybody who's listening that doesn't follow all of us can give you guys a follow Connor as our esteemed guest of the day. Would you please be so kind, let everybody know where they can find you on social media.
1: Of course. Well, thanks again, guys. I appreciate you having me on and, uh, I'm making fun of the Giants a little bit, but you can follow me at Connor J Rogers and the stick to football podcast at bleacher report.
2: There you go. Definitely make sure you check it out. Him and Matt do great work. Really enjoy listening to them. Talk shop, uh, John and Trevor, I know you guys, so I know your handles. I'm not going to let you guys talk on my show anymore. Sorry. Thank you. Trevor (laughs) is at Tampa Bay. Trey. John is at Ledyard NFL draft. Joe is at DJ Marino and I am at grinding the tape. So if you have any feedback, if you feel like we screwed up your pick, that's too bad. But you can also let us know on social media. Hit us up on Twitter. We're more than happy to. Make sure you're checking out what the Draft Network is doing. we got a lot of great, exciting stuff happening right now. We're updating our big boards for the start of October. Uh, We have mock drafts coming out every Monday on the site. Uh, A lot of great stuff on player profiles individually as well. And we're also on Instagram at the Draft Network. So follow us on there, please. We're really trying to get you guys engaged in what we're doing and, and interact with you guys and let your voices be heard because we want at the Draft Network you to be the expert just as much as we are. I'm Kyle Crabb signing off with the entire Draft Network crew. Have a great weekend, folks. Enjoy college football. We'll talk with you all again on Monday.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.